Yeah, okay, here we go. I'm doing I'm I'm doing some recording things. <laughs> yeah. This is Unmuted, an audio reflection series about what it means to be a student during COVID-19. We're the first group of students to go through OCAD's strategic foresight and innovation program online. We're all figuring it out. What it means to make friends online, learn together and collaborate without ever meeting each other face to face. This is our first conversation outside of class and our group projects. Yeah, I think it's a really good pulse check for us all. It's like capturing a moment in time, all the emotions <laughs> that uh, come along with being in a pandemic and studying and working, which I think we all are doing. Um, so how do those three things intersect? Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to capture this. Um, the first question that I kind of wanted to start with, which might be a funny one to begin with, is um, just like what is there any kind of like new hopes that you're nurturing like as you kind of come to the end of the semester so just in terms of like we've kind of learned so much and not just from the program but also from like the context that we've kind of been living through and I feel like we've really leaned into it by going into digital education in a moment when no one really knows what the heck is going on so uh yeah I'm just interested like how you feel differently Okay. Yeah, cool. Um, so I think I didn't really consider going back to school uh, in COVID and like what that would mean because we got our acceptances and then COVID happened and it was like, oh my God, now everything has changed. Um, but I, I guess the way that it's changed for me uh, is it's really impacted my goal in terms of learning how to connect with different people, um, forming new friendships and connections. Um, and I'm finding that to be uh, a lot more challenging uh, in this kind of online format and really bummed out about it because our cohort seems super amazing and like super interesting people. and. I'm just like, man, like, I feel like I'm losing out on an opportunity to get to know a whole bunch of really cool people and form uh, bonds that go beyond this this program. So I think that's kind of been the biggest uh, adjustment for me. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I feel like it's funny to think about how, like, the depth of, of digital relationships, like, in a context like this, and, like... Yeah, it still feels like we're connecting with people, but it's hard to know, yeah, like how strong your bond becomes. Yeah, I've definitely been wanting that a little bit too, just thinking about the fact that if we're in class, I think Helen mentioned that people would go on coffee breaks together and just the little things like that, we can't have those side conversations and like, you know, fun in real life um, experiences. What's interesting for me is I have people close to me in my network who have completed the SFI program and their recounts of the program are just so completely opposite from the current experience that we are in. We aren't having those serendipitous meetups um, to, you know, jam on challenges we're facing right in that moment. Everything has to be very intentional. 
Um, and I definitely have not mastered that this semester by any means. And, and totally due to your point about, you know, grabbing coffee together, going to the pub. Um, I hope that's to come, but for sure, this real life interaction and, and doing such a collaborative program, but online has been such a challenge. For sure. The first thing is like, I, I mean, I knew people were going to be an important part of this program and, and learning from others, not just from the teachers. Um, I'm like, you know, just because we get to work mainly with like a one team across the semester, um, at least most of the time, um, you know, you get to fully connect or like, you know, meet these people and, and, and understand how they work and kind of like get to experience like the team dynamics. Um, and so for me, it's been like amazing to get to know my team, uh, but also gives, gives me the hope that I can start meeting other people from the program as well in, in that same way, like be able to kind of partner and, and find strengths in people that, you know, are not necessarily my strengths and, and kind of learn from others in that way, but also see what great looks like. I think something I've been thinking is, um, sometimes you don't get to experience certain skills in your job, like in your day to day and being able to kind of be mindful about that. Now, now that we're going through education and we can have a little bit more space to explore, fail, <laughs> you know, uh, learn from that i think it's it's really valuable so really hoping now that i know that kind of like to go into the second semester and you know excited to start putting those skills to test or even like new skills that i don't necessarily have kind of continue learning from others i think what is really interesting though is we are learning such new skills that you know those who did this program before us didn't learn how to collaborate online is seemingly impossible and yet we're doing it and i think that that will serve us really well moving into the future i've heard of so many folks who've done this program say you know there's an invisible course and that is like teamwork and how hard it is and i think that this is you know the second invisible course trying to figure out how to do this online um yeah, it's so interesting to see where this will take us and how we'll be set up for success in, in such a different way for when the world doesn't go back to normal because it, it definitely won't. Maybe we're discovering skills that didn't have a name, just like UX 10 years ago wasn't a thing. Uh, and like this digital skill sets that we're kind of like acquiring, we'll figure out what, what the names for those are in the future. In terms of like, the exhaust being exhausted after endless calls and it's like you know it's one more team meetings at the end of the day which are amazing but at the same time it's like you know i just want to have some time for you know other types of things um but um but for sure i think yeah it's it's um we're still trying to find the, the balance, I think, and it's going to take some time. But I think, as you mentioned, like, I don't think the world is going to be exactly the same after COVID. And so a lot of the things that we're acquiring, I'm sure we're going to help us in the new world. 
I think my hopes going into this were really mixed. I have these like dual ends of my personality, one that's like a little bit more of a perfectionist and then the other that's just like, let's just be scrappy and try the thing. So on one side, I had these high hopes of like smashing all the content and reading every single reading and like really mastering each of the concepts. Uh, but about week six, that all dramatically came crashing down and I realized something had to give. I completely relate with everything you just said. Perfectionism for me has been such a struggle and I've realized this semester that I can't do 100% at work and I can't do 100% in school. Yeah, so I... It was funny because I felt like I really wanted to make the most of COVID, which is a weird thing to say. Like, I was like, okay, like, I have this this moment where I have, like, kind of a bit more time in a way. Like, I'm more in the same space and whatever. So I started this, like, urban farming project. And then I started school and kind of having those things together. And then also being involved with, like, friends who are doing a lot of community organizing and all of those things happening simultaneously while going through that. Um, And my, like, partner being, like, super involved with a lot of housing activism, like, really recently has, I, I don't know, I just feel like I've had so many inputs and so many, like, radical learning opportunities and just being like alongside people in such different capacities like school being this like more formalized context where um being in two groups as well has just like holy moly I'm like feel like accelerated to like working alongside all these different people who are all really smart and really skilled and have such different ways of approaching things and then also having like a real world like physical correlate of that in such a different capacity and that's like more oriented around like connection and community solidarity um I don't know it's just really making me think differently about like like what my goals are and what's like I would define as being success or being like what a good life kind of looks like I don't know. I just, I feel like the way things have kind of come together in this moment for me, I feel like I've changed really fast as a person. Yeah, Amy, a lot of what you said uh, resonated specifically that last part about like what could life look like and what li- what life means really. And uh, one of the things that really stuck out to me was acknowledging that a lot of joy that comes out of like spontaneous interactions have like that that's really changed and thinking about the possibility of life like this more often um and like wondering like what's life without joy and like how do you recreate joy in these spaces yeah totally I mean even just like watching my partner be able to go and like as much as it's a struggle, you're still in it with people in space. And like, I'm spending, I can almost never go because I'm in like, meetings online for like 12 hours a day. And it's like, just like even that difference is like, oh, like, as much as I'm talking to people all day, I'm alone. And like, they're talking to people all day, but they're not. And like, the feeling at the end of the day for both of us is so different. 
I was thinking about the you mentioned joy and how um how we need to rethink of those those joyful moments. I was actually I, I think we all see the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> it's kind of like pretty close to where we are uh, for this first semester. And and I was thinking, you know, like the project's coming along, like you know, you 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 know it's gonna end very soon, and so like I'm I'm starting to think like of the excitement of handing in your final kind of piece of work and that excitement that team sh the, sh the team shares it's like how are we gonna be able to express that like i think in the physical world like hugs and you know uh jumping and and so much you know um but uh yeah it's it's like how do we reinvent those meaningful moments um i guess we'll 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 see if we <laughs> we figure it out at some point, but uh, but yeah, there's there's something there that that I feel uh, I'm I'm gonna miss at some point for sure. I think emoji reacting is one of those unspoken skills, and we've definitely leveled up there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what brought me so much joy this semester, and what I think are just so valuable to us all? Zan liking everything we said just you know brought that excitement brought that encouragement it was so affirming um yeah I think that we have to keep doing that it's it's so valuable just give me heart exclamations confetti stars and I'll have a good day <laughs> how have you felt that you've changed throughout this time um like apart from the kind of more technical side and, and things we've learned through technology and all that, uh, like how does this journey kind of like looking back has affected you and, and who you are? And um, and I'll throw this one to Samina to start and then we'll, we'll see where the conversation right. goes. Sorry, Samina. <laughs> I think when you were asking the question, the, the first thing that popped in my head was... Um, I've become, I've, I've had to persuade my very introverted, quiet, observant self to be more vocal. Um, and normally I communicate and understand the world very much through like what I feel and bodily, bodily interactions and like nonverbal use of language. Um, and that's, that's a way that I also use to protect myself to really understand like what is the undercurrent here what is this person really trying to say that that type of thing um and I'm at a disadvantage now moving through the world um in this space so um I think one of the one of the ways that I've changed is to um do away with the kind of quiet stealth mode that I'm normally in and just be very like upfront and and explicit about like where I'm at what I'm thinking and how I'm seeing the situation kind of unfold and to give other people or the other person the opportunity to to confirm or kind of elaborate or or, or talk more about that but it's been a real challenge because I'm not vocal. I'm I'm just very I'm a very quiet quiet person. So um, sometimes I don't have the words and I stumble through my sentences. And 
Um, I find I find a lot of that happens, especially in class. Even like I have something brewing in my head, and then I'll ask a question and realize it's it's like so ill formed, and then I'll just start rambling and realize like, oh no, I'm one of those people that keep talking. Um, but um, yeah, I think that's that's one of one of the main ways that I've changed. Yeah, I totally connect with what you just said. It's definitely happened to to myself as well. Sometimes you're just like in the spotlight and it's like, oh no, I don't have my ideas in order. Like this has been so fast. I don't know what what I'm saying next. What was my point again? Um, so yeah, but I think, you know, I think, I guess being through this educational space feels for sure safe. And I think we've managed to create a culture where people can say what they think. And I, I think that's super valuable, you know, having that space to actually express and, and share and, and, you know, uh, you know, sometimes just fail at trying to say something is, is, is fine. Um, and that's something that I think personally, it's like helping me with like, understand more about myself, like learn more about me and, and try to reconnect with myself in certain ways. Uh, I mentioned before, like, because of work, potentially I, things I haven't been able to like, you know, design is a creative thing in the end. And so there's a lot of, you know, sparking creativity and kind of like talking to people and, and those kind of connections really help that. Um, but yeah, definitely some of those things resonated. I think work, work, school, personal life balance has been a constant struggle throughout the semester. I do recall one of our first, uh, maybe interactions, June, uh, potentially the only one we've had before throughout the program. I remember you had two sticky notes, uh, one which said goals at work and the other one which said goals at school. And that really kind of stuck with me throughout the semester. I have to be completely honest, like I haven't been able to articulate, like, you know, maybe it's not articulate the right word, but actually try to separate my brain in how it works, because then you're kind of like trying to apply the same kind of goals to both things. And it's just hard. Um, but any tricks that you've uh, managed to see that work for you, uh, the, the, the sticky note idea concept kind of like work? <laughs> I think it has helped. Um, when I kind of sat down and stripped down, like what is it that I'm distilling that I want out of both of these things? So whether that's school or that's work. And when I stripped down the school part, it was A, learn new things, tick. B, collaborate with new people, tick, and then C, have something to do during COVID, kind of to Amy's point of making the best use of this time where we're just stuck in our homes all the time. And when I did that, I think a lot of that kind of pressure and anxiety about needing to be on top of readings all the time or like, you know, get a really good mark in an assignment or like really be on top of concepts and understand them completely, like that pressure went away. So in a way I was kind of a, a bit freer to have that enjoyment and infuse that joy within uh, the projects and, and carve out spaces to maybe foster some of those personal relationships that I think in 
ultimately for me that's like way more valuable than like the grade at the end of the degree that we get so yeah we're talking about uh having fun the other day uh in in the team team conversations and yeah i mean i think we need to enjoy the journey right um and it's so true like we don't want this to be this like backpack we're carrying with like more more pressure than we already have it needs to be this this experience that we enjoy going through and and yeah of course learning but meeting people and building meaningful relations that will be last longing right um any thoughts amy on on on, on this one yeah it kind of makes me just think like i i remember there's one class where helen was talking about time as being finite and it really made me realize that i don't think of time as finite like i like when i even make a to-do list for the day like i'm only now starting to realize how ridiculous they are and like completely impossible and and then assuming that everyone else is doing a great job at managing their time, I think has been the other thing I'm starting to realize about myself in this program is just like, I think because there's so many different people and it's a different space and you really start to kind of see your edges in relation to um, the way other people do things. I'm just like, oh yeah, this is a thing that I always do. And this is a thing I'm now doing in this program where I'm like, thinking I can do everything all at once and then being frustrated that I can't and then also assuming that everyone else is just doing it really easily and that I just need to figure out like what the hack is but I don't think that there's a hack and I think we just have to be a bit more kind to ourselves you know it's no small feat doing a fully digital course but plus there's all of this like anxiety around world circumstances not just the pandemic but just social unrest and political things too so a bit of kindness helps and what's been interesting for me and very tied to the hope that I came into this program with is you know I want to invest my time into solving real problems um, and creating real change for the world and my work is super interesting, but you know, I'm, I'm currently building a product for an investment management firm. It is not like what I'm currently doing at school, which is, you know, tackling food insecurity for war refugees in Toronto. And that was my hope to, to really invest time into the latter and work has taken over the semester and I really want to pivot and reassess and figure out a, a way to balance better next semester and and figure out, you know, how to manage work, but how to master school. That's what we're here to do. And also just like be kind to ourselves and know that it's okay if we don't get every reading. But I think that these concepts that we're learning will stick with us for years to come. And I'm not sure if my investment management firm product will. So it's been really interesting understanding that this semester. And I'm, I'm curious to see if, you know, this is all in theory. I, I say I 
we'll find a better balance. We'll see if that actually happens. Yeah. And I think the thing that gets lost is like, it is crazy that we're all working full time and doing this program, which is super intense and then expecting ourselves to be developing like social relationships and maintaining the ones that we have. Like it, it really is so much. And I don't think that it's easy in this context to take the time to be like, hurrah, like congratulations to me, you know, like it almost takes like being with someone else in person for like that kind of thing to happen, like back to Zumina's point. But I think celebration is really a lot harder. I totally agree. And I think such a great piece to this puzzle is the fact that this program is creative. Ontario College of Art and Design, like we are meant to get messy and I'm pumped to lean into that and get really, really messy next semester and the years to come and just like throw all caution to the wind and dive in deep and be kind to ourselves and be okay with failure and messing up. I'm, I'm excited for that. Eduardo, you had mentioned something that um, was really interesting about the notion of making sure we're not carrying the baggage of, of what this situation can, can do uh, in like a new experience. And um, I don't know whether you all have uh, heard or, or read of, mm. of this, this book. It's yes. yeah, My Grandmother's Hands by Reshma Menekem. Um, and he goes through um, the effect of intergenerational trauma and how like white people in the Middle Ages were traumatized and then they brought their trauma into the new world and how now we're kind of just dealing with that. And um, I mean, on a much smaller scale, thinking about like how COVID is traumatizing us in so many ways and trying to like come into this situation addressing and like acknowledging the trauma that this is causing but um but trying our best to to come at this in the best with the best parts of ourselves and in the most healthiest parts of ourselves that we can offer to these new people that we're that we're interacting with yeah that's such a good point Zuina. i don't think at any point i've really acknowledged the trauma that covid has had So the question that really intrigued me that I want to pose to all of you is what does SFI mean to you as a person? So a little bit of background. My first career was in like psychology slash social um, policy. So it was dealing with systemic problems within government, like mental health issues or child protection issues. And I loved the topic areas, so the wicked problems that we were addressing, but the approach was so frustrating to me because with every new cycle of government, everything changes and then you never see the impact of the work that you're doing. And if you do see it, it's years and years down the track when people need immediate help. So then I discovered design thinking. And then the last four years I've worked as a product designer in the tech world where I love the approach and the the way the processes that we use to get solutions out there it's so quick and um, efficient but the problems that I'm solving in work are very first world problems like how can I get insurance faster or easier or how can I um, run my small business better and 
not to say that they're not important problems, but in the spectrum of problems, they're not the first ones that I, I find the most meaningful. And so for me, this program represents like a way for me to kind of marry those two parts of my past, but carve a new future that I really didn't see possible before I discovered this program. Um, so I'm really excited about kind of where I'll be, the new skills that I'll have and the new like frame of mind that I'll be in at that point. And, and I hope that it's at a place where I feel more empowered to tackle some of these real life wicked problems in society with this like newfound toolkit. Resonate so much with everything you just said. Your, your trajectory is very similar to mine and I mentioned you know my hopes for this program and th this is where I want to be investing my time solving these complex problems and changing the world and really making a difference. We're very very aligned. What I aspire to is what Helen said in class one day that money does not drive her. Unfortunately money does not drive me. It is the problems that I'm trying to solve that drive me. That's so inspiring and I want to get to that level. I'm not there yet, but that's, that is success to me. Yeah, I found it so inspiring when Helen was talking about the work that she's most proud of in her studio life and how when she, she stripped it back, it was that um, work where she was working in hospitals and making that a safer experience for everybody and... Yeah, I, I hope that I could do a similar thing in like 30 years time where I can look back and say like, these are the pieces that I'm most proud of. Yeah, no, totally. I, I liked that too. I was like, oh, I feel like so many people here are motivated more by meaning than money. And I that feels like a refreshing space to be solving problems within. Yeah, for sure. I will confess, I, I was brief. I, I went briefly through um, a virtual MBA program back in Peru. Um, I'm confessing this because I dropped out like three weeks later, <laughs> if, if not like a month. Um, it was the, like, I hated it, the full thing. Ironically, now we're going through virtual education again, but like very different experience. And I did make it through the first four weeks. Yay. Um, Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> but. But one of the things that this has made me kind of like uh, realize and be more uh, have have more clarity around is like the, the 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 type of people and the goals that those people bring with them as part of going through certain programs. Like I think a lot of people see MBAs as like a money investment. You know, I'm putting this amount of money into something because I want to make. X more amount of money at the end. And that's something that never connected with like who I am, who I want to be and, and, and what I feel I need and what the world, I, what I feel the world needs, which is the most important and biggest one of all. And so like, as, as, as you were saying, like, you know, um, finding more people like me in that sense and, and having the opportunity to work with them in different projects, I think is uh, something that I, I, I really kind of like, you know, was expecting, but uh, definitely it's, it's kind of like gone beyond my expectations. Um, I've been, I've tried to be very kind of like purposeful in like 
the topics I've been picking, and I know I won't be able to kind of like go through the same um, spaces throughout the full program because we're always kind of like coming up with with a middle ground that works and that we all feel motivated with. But education is definitely like I've I've worked in the education in the past. I currently work in the finance space. I one of the reasons that made me go through the program was also to have the opportunity to to explore like education a little bit deeper. And, you know, as part of learning new design tools and meeting new people, I was like very intentful in my like picking picking this area, this this opportunity space. And um, I'm loving it, honestly, because I, I think, you know, taking all this time to conduct so much research and talk about things and really identify insights and things that you 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 cannot do in your day-to-day work is just such a such a great opportunity and i think that's something that thanks to talking to people before going through a program that i that like those conversations really made me kind of like realize that it's super important to have very clear what's that kind of like underlying goal that you have um and potentially if you want to shift from industry to industry like having something that you already have super clear in your head is going to be helpful so that you can um, bring those topics to what you're going to be doing throughout the program. What you said in terms of the ed space uh, really resonated. Um, a lot of my work experiences within higher ed, and I've actually spent the better part of my adult life in higher education. Um, and yeah, just seeing how how academic institutions function and how hopelessly inefficient it it all is and so um one of one of my motivations is to like figure out like what tools can i bring in this space to make an an educational space better so my uh my approach is is to bring an academic evidence-based lens to the business operations of an academic space um and uh and and interested interested in that but i think one of one of the other goals that i had for sfi is to figure out how 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 can i how can i do everything i want to do um because i am not a specialist being a specialist does not resonate with me at all and um, the workplace is not kind to generalists, so um, it's not something I particularly want to accept. And so really just exploring and finding ways to like, how can I have it all and and still be able to communicate um, my value and and what I can bring um, in an organized and concise uh, way. Um, and. And yeah, I mean, really thinking about um, how how can I contribute to work and to teams to tackle on like these larger these larger issues that span across uh, industries. Like, what what are those what are those common themes, and um, how how can I contribute to conversations that allow us to reevaluate the foundation that we've been working on. Um, and to, to reimagine that so that we can build better institutions, better organizations, better business. 
Yeah, so I mean, it's funny because I think, like, everyone has kind of mentioned this, like, bridge building, like, across across disciplines and this sort of, like, ability to think more laterally and, like, holistically and, like, a vertically defined, like, career landscape. And it's funny because when I was applying to the program, I saw, like, a re- an internal report of the program and it mirrors the same things where they're, like, we're this very, like, lateral, collaborative, like, interdisciplinary program, but for some reason, careers are still defined vertically, and so, like, there's always this challenge of, like, putting people through it, and then them getting a job, and they were just saying, like, the reputation at this point is such that it's easier for students, but, like, that was kind of reassuring to me because I was like this is my problem too I go too broad and like too like wildly in all of these directions and I need to kind of like rein it in and be more succinct and then the same struggle that I was kind of having was mirrored in the program and I was like well maybe this is like a good like fit yeah I mean I think um one one of the struggles I have as as being a generalist is not conforming to not conforming to the demand of being a specialist because I see the value in being a generalist. Like I, it's in front of my face. I see it. And so it's like constantly fighting that tension between my own values and what I feel is important and being able to pay my bills <laughs> and getting jobs and, you know, conforming to what the workplace wants. But, um, yeah, like really motivated by like, how can I really um, word and express a broad range of things in a concise way so people can understand better why this is important, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, June, did you want to ask a question? How has, if at all, this course and the content impacted you in your work life or workspace? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give it a try and because I'm the first one, I'll throw it fast, um, throw it back fast. But um, I think not yet at the level I would want is kind of like the first part of my answer. I think that some of the concepts take time to kind of like sink in and mature and, and, you know, I think that takes time to start applying them, but some others I think are very kind of like straightforward. For example, like the whole concept around like tacit versus explicit knowledge. That's something I've been trying to apply in my, in my thinking on like, what's the mental process I'm going through and how, how, how is something working and, and, and thinking, thinking of those things, things as part of my day to day sense making and all of that for sure like I'm being a little bit more intentful and I think that's definitely helped me in kind of day-to-day work I'm doing um some things I mean you know you don't get to experience them in work just because it's not part of your role right and and so it's hard in some cases to kind of like apply some of the concepts um but definitely have like I've really, really enjoyed the business design piece of like the business and design thinking course. And I'm kind of loving it a little, like I never thought I would potentially be interested in business design, but I'm like actually thinking about it now. And so 
maybe this and and this excites me just the idea of thinking of this maybe this would open the door for like creating a startup or something and so like that's something that potentially could also relate to work but not my current work obviously maybe like a side project or something like that so starting to like i guess open those doors and see what's what's on the other side and 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 that that for sure is super exciting so i work in product and i am surrounded by product designers and user researchers and i myself as a product manager am quite familiar with some of the concepts that we have been learning especially in business and design thinking um, but what is different is that i at work never own these concepts i never own the application i may participate but you know, I'm never owning a user journey um, or a stakeholder matrix. And this program has been eye-opening in that I don't know these concepts. And it has been a really cool experience trying to relearn what I thought I knew of and actually apply it and I'm, I'm finally seeing it come to life in my day job. I led a client working session the other day and I crafted a badass problem statement, I have to say. And I was just so excited to kind of transcend the borders that are put up between roles. Like as a researcher, I'm user researcher, I must do X. Or as a product manager, I only do Y. Um, and that's what's really unique about this program is that it actually just challenges and changes the way you think and it doesn't lead to the next perfect cookie cutter job it truly if you allow it to transforms your thinking and how you solve problems and I'm, I'm so stoked to see that come to life already in my job and also in my personal life my partner also did the SFI program and both of us together are now just you know our walls are covered in post-it notes and we're trying to design think our way through where we're going to live next and yeah it's it's just such a cool experience to really already feel yourself absorbing and then applying and I also think another point for me is my background is in drama. So performing arts and playwriting specifically are near and dear to my heart and storytelling is my passion. And this program and Helen, oh my gosh, brilliant storyteller. It's just pushing that skill set to the next level and really getting at like the humanness of stories and that's so powerful and I, I can't wait to dive deeper into that and really figure out how I can just build that skill set even more and bring that into my work and, and my life. Like it does feel more of like less like a, a hard line skill set and more of like a mode of thinking and it like rather than being like oh now I am you know an engineer or something it's like you know now I have this like wholly new frame of in interpreting information and I think that that's interesting um I think like a weird takeaway that I've had from the semester is like 
how an image can work. Like I think before I, I had been more hung up on like taste and watching like all of Helen's presentations and then seeing people in our group use images and not because they were nice images, but like using them like more functionally in all these variety of different ways. I made like an r.na board that was just like how images can work because <laughs> it's something I just started thinking about a lot more kind of recently. So for example, I guess a good example is um, the New York Times kind of like did this piece and the images that they used are all kind of like dead plants and offices and then there's like a mouse in a mouse trap and they just went in and documented like offices at like nine months after COVID had started. And it's not that the images themselves are like an image you're going to put up on your wall, but they're like really powerful. And I think I hadn't really fully wrapped my mind around that for some reason. And then I think the way Helen uses images as well, where they're like a lot of them are low res and they're like kind of ugly. And but it's like, oh, now I understand like why this is incredibly functional. Mm, that is cool. I hadn't thought of that before but yeah you're right Helen's images a lot of the time are very low res and very ugly but it gets the point across of like what what people should be taking away both emotionally and like content wise actually yeah Elizabeth you you um hit the nail on the head uh for me something something that I'm taking away from is um the application of storytelling in business design and and going back to what Eduardo was saying is is um, getting the tools to actually really apply this in a in a real world context and um, a lot of a lot of what we've learned in business and, and design thinking I'm I'm taking into into my job and and telling these academics, okay, you want to have a persona, you want to do these value prop exercises, but you're doing it out of order, like, like just like get, providing some structure and and some context as to like why these activities are great, but why they're even more effective if you're doing it in in a certain design thinking order, um, and and so so really really facilitating that process and um, wanting to bring these kind of more conscious and method methodological English is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, tools into into the into the academic space. I love that. How have they responded when you're like, you're doing it out of order. Let's do it another way. At work, uh, my communication is still very like diplomatic and and stealth, unfortunately. So I have to use a very different approach in in the way that I'm communicating this. So one of my big deliverables at work is to design a project management uh, process. And so part of that, I'm, I'm saying, okay, you have project management, but you also have to think about project design. Um, and, and this is where I'm like bringing in all these tools so then I can show like, okay, this is where you would do persona work. This is where you would do the value prop work before we get into the project management work. Uh, for me, I think that as much as the readings for human factors was a struggle, 
I have loved every single like module and component and I'm constantly thinking about it. I think just having my frame shift and understanding that those human limitations that we all like kind of are aware of but don't put labels on so much of the time or think that they're not important enough to be considered as part of the work or part of the project is this whole big part of the project and so I guess what I mean by that is in the past in my work it was more like if I've done a deliverable and it's like completed then that's like my work done move on but now I'm realizing that socialization and getting people to really understand the meat of it and understanding like how they're viewing it is actually part of the work too with all of their biases and limitations in understanding too so I guess like a really practical thing that I've done was introducing the team to mirror as a tool um, but instead of just being like here everyone you have your licenses like be off on your merry way have fun creating like I did a workshop where it was interactive and everyone actually like got to do the things and create stars and links and I think that that half hour was much more productive than just like saying, okay, ticking a box, like I've signed us all up for Miro, we're all going to be great at it now. Like that humanness, the stickiness part of it, I'm realizing is like very much a part of my role, like especially as a designer, we're often like connecting pieces. So just freeing myself to see that part as important and valuable and crucial is like a total frame shifter for me. It's a great point, June, just like the the thinking of like bringing people with you, not just like doing the thing, but like, I think it bring it ties into what Elizabeth is saying about storytelling as well is like, how do we get people from point A to point B? And it, when it's not just about the efficiency of checking the action off, but like about really getting them there with you. This episode of Unmuted was brought to you by Eduardo, June, Amy, Zumina, and Elizabeth. We can say our name and our favorite ice cream flavor. So my name is June and my favorite flavor of all time is pistachio gelato. Hi, my name is Zamina and my favorite flavor is uh, plain old vanilla ice cream. Um, I'm Amy and my favorite flavor lately has been the chocolate coconutless. Hi, I'm Elizabeth and my favorite ice cream is cookies and cream. Hi, my name is Eduardo and my favorite uh, flavor of ice cream is non-gelato pistachio. <laughs> I don't know if we can be friends anymore, Eduardo. <laughs> 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 I feel like there was some shade in that. <laughs> okay, that's, that's the end. Thanks everyone. Thanks everyone. Thanks everyone. So much fun.